0: May it be in that love that we listen to your word. May it be applied to us to receive it with our hearts and minds now in this time. For your name's sake, to glorify you in this place. We pray all these things in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen, amen. Again, it's good to see you. Tonight, middle schoolers and high schoolers are going to be dismissed upstairs to the youth rooms. The rest of you, say hello to somebody tonight, and then you can be seated. all right song of solomon if you'll turn there chapter three is where we'll begin our study tonight fifth and final book of the poetic books of the old testament job psalms proverbs what's next ecclesiastes we just finished a couple weeks ago now song of solomon won't be long we'll be into the prophetic books you need a bible just raise your hand I'll we'll cover three chapters tonight. It's not going to be that bad. <laughs> we kind of laid a foundation for the Song of Solomon in the first two chapters. Uh, as you're turning there, a uh, couple quick things. Um, OCC Sewing Day on Friday, nine o'clock, Teresa, the three o'clock. Room over here, uh, large children's ministry room. So, ladies, um, have a great time. Thank you for your service and um, just sewing dresses and shorts for uh, the shoeboxes for November. So, this Friday, if you've got any questions, Teresa's here, and she'll be happy to talk to you about that, or she'll be working in the office tomorrow uh, morning. Also, Sunday morning, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock, we're going to move into Luke chapter 20. And we're going to see the religious leaders are really ramping up their opposition against Jesus. They are very upset and they are furious because he came into the temple and he cleansed the temple. He overturned the tables, uh, money changers tables. And then he also drove out those who bought and sold um, the sacrifices. And uh, so the religious leaders are going to come to him and say, by what authority do you do these things and who gave you this authority and so he's going to address them and some very important lessons for us so luke chapter 20 hope to see you on sunday at one of those services and invite a friend out to calvary chapel also one quick note is that uh, we have an app that goes on uh, your smartphone and it's a really cool thing Um, but it's down right now and the reason that it's down uh, you can, cannot download anything on it right now. is because we're going to have a new app that's going to be even better in the next couple of weeks. So this one is no longer available if uh, you're wondering about that. And then uh, this new app is going to be even better uh, that we're going to have. And they're really cool. If it's free to download. And what we're going to do probably in a few weeks when we get the new um, app that's available uh, for your phones, for your smartphones i 'm going to have Travis kind of show you all the things that we have as far as media. Travis takes care of the media that means he takes care of the radio, editing it, uh, the web page, um, the the app for the smartphone, all uh, kinds of things that we do, and we live in a day and age where we can be very effective in reaching people uh, in that way so i 'm going to have him come up and spend five ten minutes showing you. Um, how you can download the teachings or watch the service on our website, uh, download the app, the new app, what it does, uh, all these different things that it 's a tool for you to bless you uh, that you know maybe you 're taking a walk, you can listen to a teaching or or in the evenings or whatever the case may be, and to be able to share that with others as well so we 're going to show you all that and it 's pretty cool, easy to use if I can use it, you can use it all right uh, because i 'm not very um, you know good at all that stuff and and so uh... we just want to make sure that you know that it's available uh... when we first started the church we had tapes um, cd tapes we called it the tape ministry and i still call it the tape ministry at times even though we don't make cd tapes and even though i have a card that still takes cassette tapes and um as how old it is um, but um, now we have cds and now with cds um we have those that are available and they're nice to have but there's so many other ways for you to be able to listen to the teachings on the website uh, on podcast on um the radio grace fm on the app that's available so we want to make that available for you uh, so we can reach uh, this community and uh, beyond with the word of god and it's exciting to see that so we'll be doing that so if you're wondering why that app is is down is because we're in transition right now you're going to have a new one that you'll be able to download, and it's going to be better than the one that we had. And I thought the one that we had was pretty good. Um, other things that I'm sure that are coming up, uh, but be sure to look at your bulletin. We want to get into our study. Tonight, as Father, we come, and we ask that you just bless this time in your word. And I thank you that we can come here. We can open up the Bible. We can read this poetic book. And, and even though... Um, some look at it and think it's nothing more than a a, a song or a play or, or an opera. Uh, it is much more than that. This is part of the canon of Scripture. And even as Paul would write that all Scripture is God-breathed, and it is profitable. And we know that this book is profitable for us. And as we see this play that is being... Um, uh, given to us um the love between the shulamite and and the king that reminds me so much of your love for us and so lord we can make application for our own lives and and even relationships with our own spouses and so lord bless this time that we have tonight in the study of your word and it's in jesus name that we pray amen so in chapter one and chapter two we saw that the three main speakers that are in the song of solomon the shulamite the shulamite meets this uh, her beloved this handsome young man and she's a little bit embarrassed because she works out in the vineyard she works for her her brothers Um, she doesn't see herself as being very special at all it's almost like a cinderella story that's being played out and we're going to see that there's a fourth speaker that is in this book, and that's actually the brothers that we've already seen. They play a small part in, in the words that they say, but their implications that they have uh, with the Shulamite is very important for us to consider. So here she is. She, she's working in the field. She doesn't feel special And here comes the beloved, and she falls in love with him, and he expresses his love for her. Well, she would come to find out as as he's going to be Solomon the king, and we're going to see that he's going to come, and he's going to come in in just uh, this entourage of his men that are going to come with him. And and so she's falling in love with the king. So this play of their love being played out uh, here in the Song of Solomon And as we go through it, we see that they're complementing each other. We see their desire to be close and their desire to know each other. And so we can make the application for our own lives about our closeness with our bridegroom, Jesus Christ, because we are in the scripture called the bride of Christ. And we saw that the Shulamite, even as the beloved, we ended in chapter 2, would come. And he he comes and he desires to, to... to see here he calls out to her and and he says rise up my love my fair one and come away for the winters past, the rain is over the flowers are here it's time to go on these adventures and yet she is delayed in doing that she she doesn't respond right away because first of all the brothers say you need to catch us the foxes and the little foxes that spoil the vines there's a problem you need to go take care of this and so she doesn't respond to his calling because of that because of the distractions that are going on and that's where we kind of ended last time and i just want to remind us that the lord oftentimes comes to us and he says i want to spend time with you he calls out to us and and there may be special times in your own life where you sense that the lord has wakened you up at, at night i know he has me uh done that with me and and it's like oh lord i i know that that you're desiring the to speak with me and and for me to spend some time in prayer but uh, i need to get some sleep or there are other times that he's prompted me to really just stop and uh, spend time with him but all the distractions come and they come for all of us in our lives in one way or another so she is going to go searching for her beloved now and and i just want to reiterate to us it's important that we do spend that time with with the lord it was jesus that said to his disciples let's come apart he said with me to a deserted place and if we don't learn to come apart with the lord we're going to end up falling apart spiritually and we need to get away with the lord and there are going to be those distractions that will come there's always work to be done there's always you know something that is on our list of things to do the day gets busy the phone calls come in all these different things that distract us away from the lord and it is really important that we understand that daily we need to get away with him and we need to to hear from him and we need to develop that love that we have for him as we get to know him and search the scriptures so what she's going to do is in chapter 3 she has this this waking up realizing that her beloved is gone and by night as Uh, the Shulamite is speaking on my bed I sought the one I love I sought him but I did not find him I will rise now I said and go about the city in the streets and in the squares and I will seek the one I love I sought him but I did not find him and so in chapter 3 here she wakes up she's looking for her love Uh, know that the Lord desires that we look to him and uh, and to do that when we awake we start our day with him and and i want to reiterate to all of us it's very important that we develop a devotional time with the lord and to do that at the beginning of your day and i know that some people they work you know night shifts or swing shifts but whatever the beginning of your day is spend some time with him look for him and he wants to spend time with us he wants to fellowship with us isn't that amazing realize this that god wants to spend time with you he wants to spend time with me and i think lord you want to spend time with me and it's so important to him and we see that all throughout the scriptures from genesis all the way to revelation uh, that he desires to spend time with us and to fellowship with us we see with abraham as abraham would build that altar there at bethel and and we see it all the way in the book of revelation where he says behold i stand at the door and knock and if you open up it will come in and dine with you and sup with you which speaks of fellowship so he wants to spend time with you never think that he doesn't and i've come to realize that the reason that the lord in the scriptures emphasizes fellowship with one another with brothers and sisters is because fellowship is important to him that we have that with him personally and so fellowship is a big part of our relationship with the Lord and closeness and getting to know him so she's looking for him in the streets and in the squares and where do we find the Lord we find Him in the scriptures here Jesus would say to the religious leaders that you search the scriptures and in them you think you have eternal life but these are they which testify of me and as he was talking at that point of the Old Testament scriptures again all of the scriptures that points to jesus that speaks of jesus that's how we get to know him that's how we get to know his love and what he has done for us god revealed to us in the pages of scripture and there are those who will come to me and, and say is it important to study the old testament scriptures well when jesus said that to the religious leaders He was speaking of the Old Testament. You search them, and you think you have eternal life, but they testify of me. And even in the Old Testament, as you go through it, it speaks of Jesus. It points to Jesus. It's fulfilled by Jesus. And a lot of Christians miss out on that because they they think that it isn't important to study the Old Testament. So we study the scriptures, we get to know him, and as we get to know him, our love for him is going to grow and develop. In verse 3, the watchman who go about the city found me. I said, have you seen the one that I love? We are called to be watchmen. Now, a watchman is we will get to the book of Ezekiel when we start in a few weeks the prophetic books, and Ezekiel talks about the watchman. And what the watchman was is he was the one that would be up on the city walls and overlooking to make sure that uh, the enemy wasn't approaching or that the city was safe and if there was an enemy or any danger he would warn the people so we are like and you and i as christians to be watchmen As as a pastor as a father i am to be a watchman i am to give truth I'm to sound the alarm against that which will harm you or that which will cause danger. And Ezekiel was told about the watchman and they are to warn those of the city. And if the watchman didn't do that, then Ezekiel was told that, you know, uh, consequences come and the city ends up falling because he didn't warn them against the enemy that their blood beyond, you know, the watchman's hands. So you and I, we have a great responsibility that we are to make sure that we are given the truth to people and our families and those that we minister alongside of and those that are linked to us in our lives and we are to warn them we are to warn them about sin we are to warn them against that which is false and so here as she finds the watchman um, she she's saying to him in the city um, have you seen the one that i love and as we look at this um, talking about how she desires to have that closeness and intimacy with her, you know, beloved. Um, And that's what, uh, you know, uh, she desires to do. Listen, as a watchman and as a spiritual leader, I want to be a help to you. She's asking for help. I want to be an encouragement to you. But listen, there comes a time where every single one of us is you've got to develop that personal relationship with the Lord. Sometimes Christians will rely on a person or rely on a pastor or rely on their spouse or rely on their parents. Now, when we were growing up as kids, you know, uh, as parents, our kids are going to learn from us and and they're going to grow. But over time, there needs to be a point in everybody's life where you've got to start growing and you've got to start that you know uh, developing that love and relationship and closeness with the lord i can't do that for you i will be here to help you i will be here to encourage you i will be here to give you the truth i will be here to warn you you know about the darkness and evil and deception that's out there in the world and i want to be here to love you and i see it as a privilege to serve you but ultimately you're the one that needs to make decisions that i'm going to have devotions and i'm going to be reading my bible and i'm going to be studying the word of god and you need to grow in your spiritual life in your relationship with him and that's very important for all of us to understand that so here she's wanting help she's looking for her beloved and in verse 4 scarcely had i passed by them when i found the one i love I held him and would not let him go until I I had brought him to the house of my mother and into the chamber of her who conceived me. So she has found him. And and one of the things is um, the Lord is there for us to be found. Usually, you know, the reality is, is he's the one that finds us. He's the initiator. He's the one that draws us to himself. But as she's looking, she finds him and and she goes to this place of privacy. And may it be with us again um, that we have this mindset. She's like, I'm not going to let him go. And the scripture says that we are to hold fast to abide in him and don't let go that closeness with the Lord and have that private place. As I said, to have that devotion with the Lord. So, you can develop in your relationship with Him and grow in your love with Him and to know Him. And that's so critical as Christians that we do that. That we every day are spending time with the Lord that we have that Bethel, as I mentioned, that Abraham. Abraham came into the land that God showed him. He he made a, an altar there. It was actually between Bethel and Ai, and then he had some difficulties in his life and going to Egypt, and he, he comes back into the land. He goes right back to that place of worship that he had gone to in chapter 12 we see him go back there in chapter 13 of the book of genesis we see that it was jacob his his grandson uh, that ended up going to that place called bethel that he called it the house of god where he met with god and god reiterated the covenant with him listen all of us need a bethel all of us need a bethel that quiet place where you spend time with the lord or that place that's quiet where you come apart with him and you come and you just spend time with him and spending time with him devotions will be very much a part of your life and as you develop that because i know i'm parking on this a little bit but i talk to a lot of christians that just have a hard time having a quiet time well i got to get up early well get up a little bit earlier go to bed a little bit earlier you know spend some time with him and as you do you'll see that it'll be very valuable to you and very important to you as you do and the way to know him is to read your bible there's different ways that you can do that have devotion times Um, you can take your time and just read some verses or you go through a book and just spend some time talking with the Lord and praying he's going to speak to you through the word of God but as you do you're going to see that wonderful things are going to happen in your spiritual life So here she goes to that place of privacy. And then verse five, I charge you old daughters of Jerusalem by the gazelles or by the does of the field. Do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. We saw that in chapter two, the same phrase that was there. Do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. So here the the daughters are being told this chorus. uh, Don't interrupt or disturb this this sweet time that I have You know with my beloved and it can be understood in the whole idea of what we're talking about in relationship and closeness and in that um you know again there are going to be things that will happen that will try to take that away from you and we all will experience that have you ever noticed that you say you know lord i just want to spend some time in prayer you know we have um times where Uh, We have staff meetings every week, and and part of the staff meetings, we start out with just in prayer, and and, um, sure enough, every single time, as soon as we start praying, the phone starts just ringing off the hook. And you might find that at your own house. So, you know, there's those interruptions, but it's important for us to do that, and that's what she's doing here. Don't stir up or awaken love until it pleases. I don't want that interruption. Uh, This is important to me. This is a priority to me. But I want to bring something out, too, as I was pondering this and thinking about it. Then in chapter 2, as he came calling for her, and, and, and for whatever reason, she doesn't respond. She had things she had to do. The brothers are saying, you need to come and take care of the foxes in the vineyard. Uh, she was tired, you know. She, she, she didn't awaken at the moment, and all of a sudden, she realizes that, you know, my beloved is gone, and she goes looking for him. Listen. God's love for us is perfect, right? But our love for him, and I'll speak for myself, I know that my love for him over these years hasn't always been perfect. And as I realize that there are times where I fail and I fall short and I cop attitudes and in my own carnality at times and things like that, my love for him is not perfect. But what i get from this is that the beloved is so responsive to her he doesn't give her a lecture he doesn't say well it's about time you came looking for me you know i came last night came looking for you and you didn't respond no she she finds him and she embraces him and he welcomes that and i just want to encourage you because we are to grow in our love and relationship with the lord but you may feel that you know, there are times or seasons that we all go through where that love can feel a little bit cold, where we can feel a little bit distance, we struggle, whatever the case may be. Our love for him isn't perfect, but he's so long-suffering and he's so patient with us, isn't he? Keep calling to him, keep searching him. And even as I've mentioned to you numbers of uh, times that Paul, he would say in the scriptures, that you know what manner a man I was in all seasons. And as we go through different seasons of our lives, there are times where it feels like summer, like today, where, man, it's cooking, my spiritual life. It is hot and things are growing. And there are other times where it feels like winter, where things are a little bit cold. But you keep calling to him and know that he loves you and know that he desires for you to come to him and to do those things that we see in scripture even as the book of Ephesians or the church of Ephesians in Revelation chapter 2 when Jesus wrote that uh, letter to the church at Ephesus he said you've left your first love and he didn't say that's it you're done he said remember from which you have fallen you know repent and return return to me and that's his message to you and maybe you're here tonight and you're feeling a little bit cold In your love for the Lord, or you realize that you fall short in that, he's calling you to return. He's calling you to know him. He's desiring for you to have that private time with him and allow him to minister his word to you and his love to you. But also, I want to encourage you couples as well that our love for each other isn't always perfect, is it? Sue and I have been married 27 years. Now, Sue is practically perfect, okay? (laughs) Like Mary Poppins, you know, she said, I'm practically perfect in every way. So, (laughs) but the thing is, there's no marriage because it's two imperfect people that there's a perfect love. Now, that's not an excuse not to look to the Lord or to be one that isn't desiring to love your spouse in the way that God wants you to. And husbands, your charge is you're to love your wife as Christ loves the church. And I read that and I think how far I, I, I come, you know, in that because how does Christ love the church? He laid down his life for the church. He serves the church. He loves us with a perfect love, immeasurable, undescribable. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's unconditional. And what is amazing is that here comes the scriptures and he talks about the roles of husbands and wives and how we're to respect each other and love each other. He gives that commandment to us husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And I think that, Lord, don't you have like 10 steps how to do that? He doesn't give us the 10 steps. And that's why it's very important to submit to him and to rely on him and and pray, Lord, help me. Help me to be that husband. Help me to be that man that you've called me to be. And be committed to my wife to where I'm loving her as Christ loves the church to serve her and cherish her, to lay down my life for her. And we need the Lord in that. And sometimes we'll hit a bump and she had a troubled night here and sometimes there's that that trouble or challenging time or difficulty or whatever the case may be and you look to the Lord. And husbands and wives, you go to him. And he desires to bring healing in every way and forgiveness in your marriage and to develop that love. But be patient with one another. Love one another. Because love wins. And even as we know that it's in, um, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, you know the chapter as as paul writes in first corinthians chapter 13 that love suffers long and it is kind and does not envy and love does not parade itself it's not puffed up it doesn't behave rudely does not seek its own it's not provoked thinks no evil it doesn't rejoice in iniquity but rejoices in the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things endures all things we know that the scripture says that love covers a multitude of sins Now, I know that chapter 13 is talking about agape love, his love for you and for me. But look to the Lord to put that love into you, to grow you in that love for couples, for you to grow in the love of Jesus Christ, to let him be the foundation of your lives, and you're going to grow in your love for each other as well. And when you hit a bump or have a troubled night or whatever it is, don't give up on each other. Don't give up on each other. You be patient and long-suffering and let that love grow because love never fails and love wins. So I want to encourage you in that. I want to encourage you in that because our love isn't perfect, but it doesn't mean we can't grow in that and grow in the love that, that, that Christ has for us and to be able to love our spouse and love one another with that love as well. So here she, she's talking about that, and then the Shulamite uh, here in, in verse 6 continues to speak. Who is coming from the wilderness like pillars of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense, with all the merchants' fragrance powders. Behold, it's Solomon's couch with 60 valiant men around it, of the valiant of Israel. They all hold swords, being expert in war, and every man has a sword on his thigh because of the fear in the night and so solomon's entourage brings the maiden um you know comes to the maiden by solomon uh, in other words uh, she sees the smoke rising she perhaps working out in the field and all of a sudden she realizes it's her king coming to take her as a bride solomon's couch is you know that couch that that he'd be carried on his men uh, palaquin is what it's called and we'll see it called that here in a little bit But, you know, here he's coming in the splendor and in the glory. And she realizes that the the man, her beloved, is King Solomon himself. I can't wait till Jesus comes for us. I can't wait till he takes us as his bride, takes us out of this wilderness. And I just wonder in the rapture of the church if there's going to be this, you know, entourage as we meet him in the air. I'm sure there's going to be but she's just amazed at this and then in verse 9 on the wood of lebanon solomon the king made himself a palanquin and has made its pillars of silver its support of gold its seed of purple its interior paid with love by the daughters of jerusalem verse 11 go forth O daughters of zion and see king solomon with the crown with which his mother crowned him and on the day of his wedding the day of the gladness of his heart so solomon you know, is thrown and crowned. And uh, we one day are going to see our Lord, who is the king, who is crowned, sitting upon the throne. And what a glorious day that's going to be. And then in chapter four, the beloved is speaking here. Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. You have dove's eyes behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats going down from Mount Gilead. Your teeth are like the flock of a shorn sheep which have come up from the washing every one of which bears twins and none is barren among them your lips are like the strand of scarlet and your mouth is lovely your temples behind your veil are like a piece of pomegranate your neck is like the tower of david built for an armory on which hang a thousand bucklers all shields of mighty men your two breasts are like two fawns twins of gazelle which feed among the lilies so here are these compliments and And so these compliments that are given here, dove's eyes and goat's hair and and all of this, remember this is ancient poetry, so guys, if you want to compliment your wives, here's some ideas here. You can tell her she has dove's eyes and hair like a flock of goats, and your neck is like the Tower of David and all this. But seriously, I think you can probably come up with some compliments and make sure that you give those compliments. Make sure that you are encouraging and giving compliments to your wife. It's very important. To your bride. Tell her how much you love her, how valuable she is to you. Don't just be negative to her. Don't just put her down. Don't just get in your digs. Compliment her. Love her. Speak to her in that way let me ask you this aren't you glad that the lord that he sees us as being very valuable i'm so thankful that the lord in my shortcomings and in my failings and he doesn't come to me and say oh jeff you're just a spiritual waste you know and why do i put up with you and and all of this he doesn't put me down but he builds me up and he encourages me and i'm valuable to him I'm, i'm like That buried treasure, that parable, you know, in Matthew chapter 13, that he bought the field so he can take the treasure out because he wants to be with me. He wants me to spend eternity with him. I'm like the pearl of great price. I'm valuable to him. And and the Lord loves us and encourages us in that way. He knows all about my flaws. He knows about my flaws more than I know about my flaws. But yet he still continues to love me and desires to use me and do a work through me compliment your wives compliment them build them up don't just tear them down and for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ let's do that to each other you know we get criticized enough out there in the world don't we the boss gets on us the neighbors don't like us you know family members hold us out at arm's length you know we live in a society that's very negative and very down and likes to put people down and all of this. You know, may we be different as Christians. And let the world do that. But for us, we want to build people up. At least that's what I want to do. And listen, I can be as cynical as anybody else at times. But I've come to the point in my life is, I do I want to be known as somebody who is negative negative? and and always putting people down and getting my digs in and all of this or do i want to be known as somebody who really is encouraging and i think that all of us in this room would want to be one that is known for encouraging people as best that we can it doesn't mean that we can't be honest with them when there needs to be correction or rebuke but we do it out of love don't we brother sister quit doing this or going down that road or hanging out here or participating in that because it's going to hurt you and i care about you and the lord cares about you more than i do and it's going to hold you in bondage it's going to deceive you all these things that we can tell others about but we don't have to just tear people down so here is you know the 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 beloved just complimenting her and because she's valuable to him and then in verse 6, until the day breaks and the shadows flee away, I will go my way to the mountain of Myrrh and to the hill of frankincense. And you are all fair, my love, and there is no spot in you. Come with me from Lebanon, my spouse, with me from Lebanon. Look from the top of Amana, and from the top of Sanir and Hermon, from the lion's den and from the mountains of the leopards. And so here in verses 6 through 8, we see that he continues to want to spend time with her and compliment her. And it's interesting that he says that um, that in verse 7, you are all fair, my love, and there is no spot in you. Again, does that remind you of anything? It reminds me of when Paul was talking about the roles of husbands and wives in Ephesians chapter 5, that he says that our relationship, you know, with each other, husband and wife, that there is a, a special you know um, uh, symbol that is there it's a witness of the lord's love for us Uh, you know his him being the bridegroom but let me read it to you so he says husbands love your wives just as christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing the water by the word he's talking about the church now he says this is a great mystery but i speak concerning christ and the church so the lord that he sanctifies us cleanses us with the washing of the water of the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy without blemish so the lord's desiring to do that work in us washing us with the water of the word and we know that jude that it tells us that he who is able to keep us from falling and to present us before the father with exceeding joy blameless and, and I love that verse there at the end of the book of Jew, that, that he who is able to keep you from folly will present us faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. And so the Lord's going to present us without spot and blemish. But also, as we see here, that what we are to do, husbands, wash our wa- wives with the water of the word in our kids. And so here is Solomon, you know, s- s- you know speaking about that without spot or blemish. But it's interesting. Look at verse 6. Now, there's a debate, you know, among commentators. Is this the Shulamite speaking, perhaps? Or is it the beloved? And and in our Bibles, it has the beloved. But some believe that this is kind of an interruption with the Shulamite, that she's, once again, um, she's feeling a little bit embarrassed or insecure in what Solomon is saying to her so he's reassuring her comforting her and again that's what the lord does with us because you know she's already was embarrassed in chapter one here in chapter four she's embarrassed kind of again she realizes her flaws and shortcomings and he's saying hey you know what there's no spot in you come with me from lebanon my spouse i love you and positionally the lord sees us as being righteous And I know as I read that, that you're going to present as faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. And when I look in the mirror, I think I'm so far from that. And I know that I have flaws, but positionally, he sees us without spot or wrinkle, imputed righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ being forgiven. Practically, we fall short, don't we? Positionally, he sees that in in us in that way. So really just kind of uh, him just assuring her that you're valuable and how I see you, there's no spot in you. And verse 9, we continue, You have ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. You have ravished my heart with one look of your eyes, with one link of your necklace. How fair is your love, my sister, my spouse. How much better than wine is your love and the scent of your perfumes than all spices. Your lips, O oh my spouse, drip as the honeycomb, Honey and milk are under your tongue, and the fragrance of your garments is like the fragrance of Lebanon. So speaking of her beauty, and he's expressing his depth of passion for her. You know, you have ravished my heart. He's speaking how much he loves you. And, of course, the Lord, he loves us so much, and don't forget that. And if you ever question the love of Jesus Christ for you, always look to the cross. Always look to the cross. Because you've heard the saying that it was his love that kept him up there on that cross, not the nails. And Romans chapter 5 says that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. He proved his love for us. That while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he's proven his love for you. And if he loved you then, because he knew all about you, know that he loves you now. And so he's speaking of that love for his, his Shulamite. In verse 12, a garden enclosed and my sister and my spouse A spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Your plants are an orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits, fragrant henna and spikenard, spikenard and saffron and calamus and cinnamon with all the trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes and with all the chief spices, a fountain of gardens and the well of living waters and the streams from Lebanon there in verse 15. A garden enclosed that spending that time you know privacy against it's speaking to you and to me spending that time with the lord in the cool of the day what a pleasant thing to do and I've, I've said this before i love this time of the year here in colorado last week i was in eastern kansas and humid and and hot and it wasn't even as hot as it is now i, I was seeing today that they have heat warnings out there and kansas and nebraska and iowa and missouri heat index of like 108 degrees humid but i remember when we stopped in central kansas got out was like a furnace hit us and it's so different at least here it does get hot but it's it's more bearable and the evenings can be nice can't they And the early mornings can be nice matter of fact early in the mornings uh, when i come to church there are people walking and and walking their dogs it's very pleasant what i am trying to express is you know take advantage of that have those very special times you know early in the morning or in the evenings you know in the cool of the day where it's quiet garden and clothes just spend some time with the lord and you will find that to be very valuable to you as you do that so here is the Shulamite in the last of the chapter speaks. Awake, O north wind, and O come, O south. Blow upon my garden that its spices may flow out. Let my beloved come to his garden and eat of his pleasant fruits. And so here um, she's wanting to, to eat of the fruit. And, you know, the Lord desires for us to bear fruit. And, and, and he desires to work that fruit in us. And, and I notice in verse 15 the fountain of the garden and the well of living waters, Jesus invites us to come drink of the living water. If you thirst, go to him and drink. He says, out of your innermost will flow torrents of living water. And he he desires to produce fruit in our lives. But awake, O north wind, and come, O south. And you think about that, the north winds would usually symbolize kind of cold winds, and south wind, uh, a warm wind. And again, he desires to continue to produce fruit in your life, even when you're going through the north winds or the south winds, however they're blowing. You look to him. And he desires to continue to speak to you and to refresh you and to renew you and to you to give that fragrance of the garden here. As She speaks about that, uh, the fragrance that that she desires to have. And I want to read it to you in 2nd Um, corinthians and and we've we've looked at this before In, in chapter two you can mark it down but i'll read it to you in verse 14 now thanks be to god who always leads us in triumph in christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place for we are to god the fragrance of christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to the one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other the aroma of life leading to life And who is sufficient for these things? For we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as from God, we speak this in the sight of God in Christ. In other words, Paul's saying, we're the fragrance of Christ unto life. So we are to be the fragrance of Christ, not peddling the word of God, he says. He's talking about his ministry. You and I, we give the gospel. We give the truth of God's word. We have evidence in our lives that there's, our, our faith is real and it's living. So the question is, what do you smell like during the day? Do you smell of carnality and sin and of death? Or do you smell of life and the fragrance of Christ that people say there's something different about you? What is it that the fragrance that you give off of joy and peace to others that they, they say, man, there's something different about you? So that's what we want to be, and she's speaking of that. And then the beloved in chapter 5 I've come to my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my, my myrrh with my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I've drunk my wine with my milk. And then to his friends, eat, oh friends, drink, yes, drink deeply, oh beloved one. So he has joy in his relationship with this bride, and he speaks to his friends here. And perhaps it's a picture of the guests that are still there with the wedding. In ancient Israel, we don't have time to go into it today, but weddings were a big deal and they lasted like a week and, and the groom would come and get his bride and they would go off and be alone and come back and the guests were still there. And it's like he's saying, you know, encouraging his friends, hey, keep rejoicing and eating and drinking. There's reason to rejoice here. You know, and you and I, we are to do that with one another rejoice with those who are rejoicing you know encouraging one another hey it's good to see you what a blessing it is to be here during the week and on wednesday nights and sunday mornings and and just to be able to 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 rejoice in the lord together but the shulamite has a troubled evening again and in verse 2 i sleep but my heart is awake it is the voice of my beloved he knocks saying open for me my sister my love my dove, my perfect one, for my head is covered with dew, my locks with the drops uh, of the night. And so she, you know, time has passed here. And now Solomon is calling for his bride, and the Shulamite hears the voice of the beloved. And again, she's distracted. And then, and, and he's knocking and calling for her. And, and she's so distracted. Verse 3, we read, I've taken off my robe. How can I put it on again? I've washed my feet, how can I defile them? My beloved has put his hand by the latch of the door, and my heart yearned for him. And I rose to open for my beloved with my hands dripped with myrrh. My fingers would lick at myrrh and on the handles of the lock. I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and was gone. My heart leaped up, and when he spoke, I saw him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. The watchmen who went about the city found me. They struck me. They wounded me. Uh, the keepers of the walls, they took my veil away from me. And I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him I am lovesick. So here's the the thing. He comes calling for her. You know, time has passed. They've been together for a while. And, and all of a sudden, she's like, "Oh, I take off my robe, you know. I wash my feet and, and all of this. And then she realizes that she yearns for him and she answers the door and he's not there not only can we get distracted with things like the first troubled night that she had as the brothers are saying you know there's things to do and foxes in the vineyard but we can get complacent and i think that's what this symbolizes here reminds me of is you know we spend some time with the lord we we are growing in the lord we've logged some years walking with the lord but we can get complacent And the lord keeps wanting to call to us and and to grow us i don't know how many times that i've talked to christians i said oh i've been the church i've read the bible you know i've been through all that and it's like it's not important to them anymore and the lord desires to keep you know us close to him and to keep growing we can never exhaust that and keep growing in our love for him so she's yearning for him she goes looking for him out here and and um you know the honeymoon's over she got complacent but she wants to find him she goes out and she finds the watchman again and all of a sudden the watchman is striking her wounded her for whatever reason he doesn't recognize her and and beats her they punish her So remind you a little bit of the prodigal son when we went through that in luke he comes back, and, and the brother's all upset. The father receives him. And there are those who perhaps have been away from the Lord, and all of a sudden they yearn for him, and they come here, and they desire to, to, to reestablish their, their you know, belief in him and to know him and to come back to him. And the worst thing that we can do is to just beat them with words. What makes you think you can come back in here? You've been out in the pig, pig, pig pen for a while. You thinking just waltz in here and, and be forgiven and call upon the Lord? We need to welcome them back. So we want to be careful. Here, the watchman, he's no help at all. He's supposed to be a leader here, and we are to be ones that we want to make sure that when somebody is falling in a trespass that we receive them with gentleness not meanness lest we also fall and be tempted and that we encourage those who are coming back desiring to seek the lord and come close to the lord so, so here she, she does, and the daughters of Jerusalem there in verse 9, what is your beloved more than other, another beloved? O Ferris among women, what is your beloved more than another beloved that you so <coughs> charge us? They're being sarcastic. What makes you believe that your beloved is so special? People do that with us today, don't they? Your Christianity, your belief in Jesus, what's so special about that? Why is he any more special than any other religious leaders? Well, we've gone over that because he died for you. No one else did that. Second of all, there's an empty tomb in Jerusalem. No one else rose from the grave. And the scriptures, which are true, tell of his love and tell of his provision for you and for me. That's why he's very special. And then as we close here tonight, oh, my beloved is white and ruddy. Uh, might is speaking and complimenting him, chief among 10,000 His head like the finest gold, his locks are wavy and black as a raven. His eyes like doves by the rivers of water, washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are like a a bed of spices, banks of scented herbs. His lips are lilies dripping liquid myrrh. His hands are rods of gold set in burl. His body is carved ivory inlaid with sapphires. His legs are pillars of marble set on bases of fine gold. His countenance is like Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet. Yes, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. I think it's summed up in verse 16 that we can say of our Lord that he is altogether lovely. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for these three chapters that in just can encourage us and speaks of um, Christ's love for us and how our love isn't perfect and we have troubled nights and we fail at times, but the beloved is always ready, uh, the one who is the fairest, the one who is most lovely, the one who died for us, always ready to receive us. And so we thank you for that, that your love for us never fails. And that we are valuable to you. So valuable that you died on the cross for our sins. You rose again and you're alive. And you have brought eternal life to us for those who have called upon your name. And if anyone is here listening to this message that you've never come to the beloved, that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He came for you because he loves you. And He died on a cross for your sins and He rose again. And so may you call out to Him because He will respond to you and you will find Him. He's calling you to Himself to be forgiven and be saved. To say, Jesus, I come to you as I am. In my insecurities and failures and in my sin, I have sinned. Forgive me. You died for my sins. You rose from the grave and you're alive, knocking on the door of my heart, and I now open my heart to you as my personal Lord and Savior. And I thank you for your love for me, proving it on the cross at Calvary. And help me to know you and to walk with you. And I thank you for this new beginning in Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer because you're desiring to come to Him, I want to welcome you to the family of God and I want you to come up when we conclude the service here in just a minute and tell me the decision you made so I can pray with you. But for all of us, may we just continue to get away in that private place, that garden, that Bethel, that place where we can just continually take in of the living waters, that we may be the fragrance of Christ when we go about our day. And Lord, um, help us to grow in our love you and Lord I pray for the marriages that are here and I know there's it's different challenges and situations for people that are here maybe married to a non-believer or just whatever the case may be but Lord I do pray that you would work and Lord for the couples that are here that they would look to your love to be the very foundation for their love for others and for each other so lord we thank you for tonight pray bless everyone here as we go our way being encouraged